Hello? One? Two? Is this thing on? Great. What's up? I'm Powerfuse, a retired goblin sapper in Warcraft Arclight Rumble. Someone paid me to tell you about this channel, Arclight Insights, and I never say no to money. These guys have podcasts, guides, interviews, PvP tournaments, you name it. <laughs> You've got what you need here. All those marvelous creations are engineered by the folks at the explosive Prisoners of War Guild. So, if you like their mumbo jumbo, subscribe to the channel. <laughs> I did. I might even like it. Well, gotta go. Time is money, friend. Keep it real. Hello and welcome everyone to our sixth episode of the Arclight Insights podcast. Um, I will be your host, Toasty, today. And I'm joined by Spanner and Gora and yay, Trixie's back. Um, we have lost Tap though. We're still strong in numbers. How are you all doing today? Uh, I'm doing I'm doing really good. I wish I clarify, Tap is not dead. He is just not here with us this week. How about you, Gora? Yeah, I'm going good, thanks. Um, busy week, really. Lots of things to do at work at the moment. The weather's been pretty wet where I live. That's so been cool, quite cool and um, wet and windy. But probably not as cold as some of the other places in the world. We don't get snow here, so that's nice for me. Wait, but it's summer in Australia, isn't it? No, it's winter. It's winter? Yeah. So July is winter for you? Yeah, southern, southern hemisphere is July winter, Christmas is summer. Interesting. C can you nope. can you relate to to all those Hollywood movies where it's the other way around for you? Yeah, you just turn your brain into American, but don't forget to turn it back to Australian when you drive on the road. <laughs> Otherwise, you'd be on the wrong side, won't you? Yeah, and you also would be driving on your head. Yeah, possibly. We got strong <laughs> magnets down here to hold us to the earth. <laughs> And uh, Svana, how are you? I'm good, thank you. So I, good to see that our podcast doubles down as a geography uh, podcast as well. Everything is good. Great, great week in terms of guild. And uh, once again, it's a pleasure to be here with you guys is what, what keeps us going. And uh, yeah, so great to be here. Yeah, and it's a pleasure to have you. I wanted to say that I promise that this episode will not last as long as the previous two episodes. Yeah, I cannot really promise that, but we will try. So what definitely helps in not making the podcast too long is the news about the beta updates, because Gora, I believe we do not really have any updates, do we? No, we have no updates. So hopefully this silence means that there will be a large patch coming out with raids and PV range PvP. Well, either one or both would be lovely. And hopefully they're just knuckling down and trying to get things all sorted and get it polished and shipped out to us. But yeah. Yeah, no official news. We're still waiting every week for some yeah. update. There was there was a little bit of a shocker in the Discord when someone linked linked an article to another Warcraft mobile game that got cancelled during development. And when I first read it, I I directly associated it with uh, Arclight Rumble, but it was like a World of Warcraft mobile game, I think. I, I was scared for a few seconds as well there until I read a bit more. <laughs> yeah, so then some people s started to, to think that the silence 
like the silence of the developers means that the game is getting cancelled as well but but it's in in my opinion it's far more likely that they are just pumping big time putting in the hours into the development and that they are getting like into into the hot phase of development if you can say it like that and that we might soon get some news but yeah who knows crunch time development phase hopefully yeah, I don't think I guess, I'm guessing they probably they'll probably have a release date that they've got to meet. Yeah, probably and maybe like... some Diablo Immortal or Immoral updates as well, depending on when you want to call that game. Yeah, depending on the timing, they might try to like do some tie-in event with you know the Dragonflight expansion that's coming out. Just to put people at ease out there, I believe it's extremely unlikely that our game will be cancelled because they are still actively recruiting people or as we speak. So. It wouldn't make sense if they were actively recruiting more developers if they had any intentions of cancelling the game. And normally a game will get cancelled before the public knows about it and then, you know, there will be a report come out How a few did years we know later about, about the it. other game then? Because someone leaves the company and they get out of there. Enough time's passed from their, maybe from their, you know, contract agreement or something and then they talk about it or they talk oh, about okay. it anonymously. So they can't oh, be found yeah. out and sued. That's Could a wild sense. thought. Like, imagine how many, imagine how many games—not even just Blizzard, but like how many games in general have been canceled that we've never knew about. Oh yeah, heaps. There'd be so many. But considering they did the big announcement, once that was planned and released to the public, they can't really cancel the project. It looked I really mean, bad. They, they did it with Titanfall, uh, but I believe that was Activision, right? No, I don't think Titanfall. so. I don't remember. That was a while ago. Yeah, I mean, it was a couple of years ago, but I just remembered that from the top of my head because it was like a really big hype um, and it was announced and I believe it even had the posters and something and then they just they postponed it a couple of times and then they just cancelled it. What? Well, hang on, Titanfall did come out. That was the... Well, no, Titanfall, Titanfall 3, Titanfall probably. Two? Titanfall 3? There's Titanfall and Titanfall 2. Or was it Titan Quest? Titan Quest? No, I think it was Titanfall. Uh, this, this Titan project was cancelled by Blizzard in 2013. Oh, Project Titan. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, Project Titan, that's the project's like code name. It didn't get an official oh, yeah. game title. Yeah, but to, to, to sum that up, it's highly unlikely that I played Rumble is being cancelled or whatever. I don't think I don't think this game will be cancelled at all. Yeah. No. Yeah. Well, but unless or as long as we don't hear anything, we obviously can't talk about beta updates or release dates or something like that. So we will just move on to the main topic of the week, which is us discussing leaders. So now we all have had our time with the game and we gathered experience and information. So the idea is to go through all the leaders and point out their strengths and weaknesses in PvE and PvP. We can just get into it and start with Baron Rivendare. So has anyone played Baron Rivendare themselves? I've played him probably the most now. I, I've really, really started to like him a lot. Yeah, just... Yeah, my favorite aspect of him is definitely the fact that he spawns the couple cheap little skeletons 
they go out and it basically alleviates you from needing to drop, you know, even if you drop a cycle unit to go pick up the, you know, whatever it is, the drill treasure chest. They can go take that, they can, um, on even, and that's in PvP or PvE, you know, and on some missions they can go ahead and grab the summoning stones for you. They're just a lot of value that you have to, don't even have to invest in. Truly, that is my favorite aspect of it. Just the pure value of the free treasure chest opening up, you know, or just the free ability to grab summoning stones. And if you run the talent with Baron that he heals from skeletons, he can heal from them, which is, you know, just very convenient. I agree with Trixie. I think Baron has a lot of potential, especially uh, the, the skeleton summoning passively with things like Drake with the mother talent that it keeps popping uh, eggs as the Drake moves. It causes a lot of annoyance to the opponent because he needs to keep stopping to deal with Skeleton's eggs. So he greatly slows down the progress from the other side on PvP. Obviously also useful in PvE. It is very overwhelming. I usually have a lot of time, uh, a lot of trouble to deal with Riven there in PvP. But I think it requires uh, probably a higher ceiling even though one would think that playing Riven there will be kind of easy, you just try to swarm the enemy. But I believe, in my opinion, that it's harder to play than, for example, Tyrion. Because your units are so squishy that you need to have a really good thinking about placement and uh, how you're gonna uh, snowball your pushes and things like that. Uh, and this is the extent that I played with Riven there. I thought it's going to be my main but I actually been playing Tyrion more. But I think I will revisit it, and Baron could be my second favorite uh, leader to use in the game. With Baron, in my experience, is I had him with no talents. I found that I actually wasn't spawning Baron really at all. Um, I would just spawn the other minis in the team. But once I unlocked the um, skeleton sacrifice talent so his baron will sacrifice a nearby skeleton to heal himself um, it's got a 10 second cooldown on it and he seems to heal between about 60 and 80 percent of his health so it is really really strong so once i got that he becomes like a super good tank like yeah, especially if he's armored, right? um i have to check on that one but yeah i believe it's a full heal because i actually i played a match before we even started and he was at like Probably a fraction of health, ate a skeleton. He was, you know, oh, there health we go. Was maybe gone, it's a so he's full health. So maybe it is a full health heal. Um, does any does anybody know what is the cooldown in between potential heals? I think oh, it's ten seconds. 10 seconds. Yeah. 10, ten seconds. Okay. 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 Yeah, he's a little hard to play with just for the fact that he's a fast unit. Yeah. So I yeah. I find myself playing him mainly when I can drop a huntress with him so they can both run out together and catch up with, you know, the flood of skeletons on the other side of the map. Um, so Baron does have armored, so he's yeah. quite good at taking um, towers. So he has the hmm. damage reduction, and then if there's any skeletons around him, he can use that to heal. I really, I really gotta say, I haven't had a problem against Baron decks in PvP. Um, because, mm, like, no, they, not me. Uh, the, the skeletons, they just die to towers. They will not even reach the towers. I think they need three shots until they die. I mean, of course, they can they can tank a bit, but it's... The problem really is the Necromancer. 
the necromancer yeah. becomes a problem if you don't deal with it quickly enough. Yeah, but the necromancer, it's like... Um, the necromancer costs four gold, right? And the safe pilot with the common and hot talent kills it. So there you trade one gold down because you yeah. kill the, the necromancer with a three gold unit. And the even if you have to works well as well. That's three gold oh, yeah. unit. Even if you even if you have to blizzard the necromancer, you are even. In so you, I agree. You have to kill it. But it's really not that hard. Yeah, I think oh. probably I'm struggling more because I don't use safe pilot and all that. So oh, you should. One of the reasons, yeah. So on a scale of one to ten, what would you give Riven Dare in PVE and PvP? Um, for PVE, I'd probably give him honestly just for the convenience of all he can do for you. Honestly, like I'd give him an eight, but in PvP, there's just so many better options and so much stronger things that can be played and done he's probably like a four in pvp he's just too hard to utilize i'm not an authority on baron riven there by any means because i've been playing Firion like 90 percent of my time but uh, i think depending on the composition of the opponents pvp could go somewhere between a four and a six and uh, for pve I, I don't see any major weaknesses or and I will say probably a 7. Uh, for Baron, I would probably give him a 7 out of 10 for PvE and a 4 or 5 in PvP. Alright. So I will not rate him because I have not really a based opinion on him. Just played him a couple of times. Like against him a couple of times, but yeah. Um, I would just transition to Blood Mage Thalnos. So I've played Thalnos a bit. Um, I would compare him to Jaina because they're like the spell-based um, leaders. So may maybe that's a good starting point. In comparison to Jaina, do you guys think he's stronger or weaker? It depends on the circumstance. They both see Thanos is AoE damage, but without us, the frost of um, slow, where Jaina's single target probably hits a little bit harder, I think and applies frost but yeah so they both have their strengths and weaknesses in that way so Thanos is definitely better against mob enemies and Jaina is better against high health single target units so if you play a spell based deck what what leader would you pick probably Thanos first and then probably Jaina second yeah yeah I feel like Thanos is much more like J Jaina needs more synergy because like when when I tried to build the, the Jaina deck, um, I was thinking about all the frost synergy I could get. Put the Huntress in the deck with the talent where she does 50% more damage to frosted units. Then I thought I need more spells to really take advantage of the of her trait. It, it didn't feel that good though, and I I think with with Blood Mage Thanos, he's just good on his own. Like even if you if you don't play any spell and you leave him at level one, he's still a decent a decent four drop. Yeah, probably he's just better overall. I think Thanos would be more. Thanos is definitely like uh, more friendly for a new player. Yeah, from what I see, Thanos is more a spammy spell, and Jaina is more like a a, a very well timed spell to to cause a big impact in certain moments. So 
even the the talents from Falnos they encourage spamming like uh, increasing attack speed by 30 seconds uh 30 percent for five seconds so that means you will be try to be spamming spells to keep that thing going constantly but Jaina, you just use that higher level spells like to change the momentum of the battle in specific situations and i think it's more to do with units rather than uh, spell spell usage essentially mm -hmm. okay so on a scale of one to ten Thanos, any guesses? I will abstain here because I didn't play nearly enough to have a, an informed opinion. I, I don't even own him. I didn't. I chose to not play him. I forgot <laughs> okay. Baron instead. <laughs> then, then I will just lead with a solid like seven, seven out of ten for both PVE and PvP. I don't think he has much difference in strength of PVE content versus PvP. I feel he's just like strong overall, uh, just a just a well-rounded, well-rounded leader. Yeah, I'll give him a seven to eight for both PVE and PvP. Just right. well-rounded, pretty easy to pick up. Chuck a one or two cheap spells in with him, and you know, get a few levels on him, and he makes a really good ranged backline unit. All right, then uh, the man cow, Karen Bloodhoof. Um, so when I think of Karen, I think of vanilla ice cream because vanilla ice cream is like the ice cream with no real taste. You see, it's it's the basic ice cream. If you don't know what, what flavor you want, you just take vanilla ice cream. There's nothing special to it. So that's what I think of Karen. Yeah, I'm really personally attacked. You do? Nice. I like vanilla ice cream. I mean, you can like vanilla ice cream, but it says a, a lot about your personality, doesn't it? <laughs> G guys, back um, me up here, please. <laughs> the thing, the thing with vanilla ice cream is, might not, it might not be the most exciting, but is the one that will fit together with most flavors. And I think yeah, I mean, that it's, it's, it's solid. It's yeah. solid. And yeah. I think that's the case with Kern. I think Kern is uh, very underrated i think um with the correct build can can be super effective especially with the with the day's talent <clears throat> every time the stun expires you have you daze the enemies for five seconds of obviously Kern is a bit vulnerable to flying units but i think there is a lot of potential there especially for pvp and i think one day somebody will come up with uh, a build that will surprise us all and I think Kern would actually be one of the most played. This is a bit of a hot take, but I think Kern will be one of the most uh, played leaders in PvP at some point in the game. Oh, okay. Um, I'm not even sure about um, his third Vela slot. Like, usually the third Vela slot always gives an incentive or a hint on how you how the the leader is supposed to be played. Like with Baron Riven, there the the fast slot. Right or the spell slot with Jaina, but I'm not sure. Do, do you know the the Vela slot on Karen? Maybe not nah, everyone uh, at once. What do you mean the you mean the third the one and thir slot? the third Vela slot? Yeah, the, the first two are Horde, and then the third one I don't know. I have ranged on mine. Does he have any perks, especially in PVE or or maybe in PVP? 
I really uh, like him for PvE. Just the stun is very nice. I believe some bosses can be stunned. Yeah, he's, some bosses can be. He's uh, tanky. You know, you can pair him with the, the Ogre Mage. Just I feel like he's, you know, obviously attacks quicker, which is nice. Um, he's just, you know, I think, I forget, maybe, I think even one of the Blizzard devs said this a long time ago for when they were talking about just units in general. But he's just, you know, a very well-rounded unit. He's not going to ever probably, rarely be the best choice, but he's never really a bad choice. Oh, yeah, that's, that's, that's a fair sentiment. It's super durable and it's AoE damage, so I think he's really yeah. strong. All right, so what's that, a I, 6 I'll, out of 10? I'll, I'll give it this. I'll honestly give it an 8 out of 10 per PvE. And currently a uh, 4 out of 10 to PvP, but with the potential to go much higher when right. someone makes something special with him. Yeah, yeah, I, I'm pretty much the same rating as you. He's just so good for PvE. He's just PvP right now is not favoring him for whatever this weird you know, meta is currently for the beta. Yeah, I agree with this cause. Um, yeah, PvE. Yeah, 6.5, maybe a 7, um, and PvP is like a 2 or 3. The reason behind that for me is in PvE, the stun attack normally will hit multiple units because AI doesn't position units to direct his attack away from the backline, where in PvP, the enemy player can and will do that when they learn that trick. It's much more easy to get um, Bloodhoof's AOE attack to only hit one unit. Yeah, that's true. Mm. But if you position Kane after the units are already there, you can also take advantage of it. Yeah, I mean, it's the same with every like frontal attack unit, just like with the Flame Waker and the Drakes. <clears throat> okay, so so much for Karen. Now let's go to the angry old yelling man, Gromash Hellscream. So if you would assign an ice cream flavor to Gromash, I think the flavor would be pure rage. So I really I haven't played Grom at all. Do you have any any input on this? And play I haven't really played him a ton. He's I I think I've had no success with him in PvP. In PvE, he's kind of just nice if you can get a big push going. He he feels honestly like just a a less good Grom. Like he's not essentially bad there's just better options or not sorry a less good um karen is it's just just i feel like there's just better options at least right now maybe maybe down the line there'll be a good talent combo that he can work really well off with not much experience i would think probably would work well with something like holy nova and Frostwolf shaman because if you if you if you keep the blood rage talent and if you can keep him alive, it will. It can become incredibly OP if you can keep him alive uh, long enough. But I haven't personally tested it. I hope to one day have the opportunity to test all these things. But right now I've been focusing on my time on PvE progression with one build. But mm. yeah. So maybe even play Cheat Death on, on him? Oh yeah, for sure. When you are already close to to finish the game, for sure. If you, especially with all these units around you, yeah, with the bloodlust. Okay. Um, that could work. There's a cheat death talent that gives you life steal. 
So if he's at 50% mm, stacked yeah. attack speed, that could actually probably um, get quite a lot of health back on him. That's an interesting idea for a build. I haven't really played Hellscream yeah. much myself. Yeah, now, now that I think of it, you could also play the Flame Hammer, which has Fury on on its own, and then you pair it with Bloodlust, and then you can't kill it because because of the cheat death, and then it heals itself back up. So that could be really strong. I think I gotta try this out. Another issue with Grom is just the same as Karen. He's extremely susceptible to flying units. Yeah, that's um, true. But also, um, uh, Gino mained Grom for quite a while, and uh, he said um, that Grom was quite hard to use um, without his AOE talent. Uh, so there's a talent that makes his attack cleave. That helped quite a lot against squad units, um, but I know Gino's pretty much dropped him now, and Jaina is his main leader. Jaina? So, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, he, he said that he wish he picked Jaina from day one. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. So this is, you know, uh, someone else with a, quite a lot of experience. But obviously, is, Grom... most of us haven't really played Grom. Yeah. I think Grom will be a bit of a higher skill unit because you have to time very well the units around you and keep him alive. And it's not just like you put it down and that's it. You need to really know what you're doing, I think, with Grom. Yeah. All right. Fair enough. So, um, do, do we want to rate him? I'll give him a solid five for both PvP and PvE. Yeah. Maybe, Maybe a four fair. for PvP. That Would seems be... fair. I'll, I'll agree with that. I haven't played him enough, but that sounds about right. But it, it could be a lot higher if you really figure out how to play him. Yes. yes. I will let's, let's... I will write the players here. I'll write all the players a one out of ten for not giving him a chance yet and explore this leader. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh... <laughs> okay. Let's move on to Sneed. So... Um, any hot take on what ice cream flavor Sneed is? Rocky Road. I'll be giving you no other answer. But sure, we can go with Rocky Road. I did try a Sneed Siege build out like over the last sort of week a little bit to try and capitalize on his passive talent that he brings. Um, with the extra gold? Yeah, so you get two gold yeah. for taking a tower. But it needs to be a siege unit taking the tower. Now, Sneed, my PvP experiences, it's very rare to have Sneed. But I don't know, maybe my my skill is not the best out there. But I had a lot of trouble to deal with the Sneeds that came. Like, when they were using Goblin uh, Sappers and everything, they would just take my tower so quickly. It was very hard to, uh, to counter. So, from my experience, it's super strong in, PV in PvP. But uh, maybe it's just because I, I wasn't prepared to deal with it. Yeah, I never. I, I kind of considered it, but yeah, now I think about him with Goblin Sappers is actually disgusting. Yeah. Because it's, like you know, they're, they're, they're quick and it's, you know, unless you're paying attention, you're not really going to respond to that in time. Yeah, you could run Goblin Sappers with the speed boost talent so they move really fast. 
Also oh, yeah. with a smoke bomb, so they run past enemy units. Maybe. Oh, that's but a good I idea. I tried that. I tried that. I also tried. Yeah. Uh, no, I haven't tried it with cheat death because I think with cheat death it's you definitely get the tower, but you're investing five gold and you're getting two back, so you're investing three three gold basically for a safe tower kill. Um, yeah, because my is... bomb's only one gold and the sappers are two gold. And if you yeah, get two, the, two back, the, that's a good investment. The thing, the thing with the smoke bomb is if they charge onto the tower, they will um, get out of stealth. Oh, when they start their little... Yeah, they when they start their... Fuse and start the run. Yeah, when they charge. And they will de-stealth. And when there's an opponent mini, they will start attacking. Can you stealth them once they start their charge? Yeah, I don't... I haven't tried that, but... It's, it would it's so defeat quick. the purpose of... Like... I mean, if they run to the tower and, like, there's a free path towards the tower, um, because your opponent hasn't placed any units to defend it, um, and they want to place the units point perfect when they start charging, I I'm not sure if, if this is a realistic scenario for, for PvP. I actually um, know... I'll, I'll, be, I'll be quick. I actually know the... The deck that destroyed me with it was a uh, Sneed Harpies, uh, Stonehoof Torrent, Earth Elemental, Blizzard, Dark Spear, uh, Dark Spear Troll, and uh, Goblins uh, Sappers. They were using the Earth Elemental to destruct towers and other units, and then putting the Goblin Sappers in that window. And it it was really hard to deal with. Yeah, yeah that would probably work. Well, Earth Elemental was quite tanky for three gold cost unbound unit. So, um, has anyone tried to play Sneed in PvE? Mm, nope. Nah. Yeah, uh, me neither. I, I had a, like a, I tried like four or five games with mixed success. I think I won two out of five uh, against real players with, with Sneed. So if I practice more, I think it, I would probably be able to make it viable. I think with Sneed, if they made it so... If this, the tower has taken siege damage within the last half a second or second or something, you still get the gold. It doesn't have to be the killing blow, because I think it's the killing blow at the moment by a siege mini. So if you have like a siege mini and say a non-siege mini, and this non-siege mini gets the killing blow on the tower, you don't get your gold. Oh yeah, that makes sense. Right. Like last hitting. Yeah, it's going to be last hit, I believe. I think it's that's okay. how it works. Uh, so, like in general, I feel Sneed has not been figured out how to play him, what what build to use. Um, oh, so and yeah, and the other problem with Sneed is if there's no towers on the map, or very, if there's only one tower on the map or something, he's pretty much useless. Yeah, I, I feel like he's more of a PvP champion. Uh, leader than a PvE yeah. leader, so I would rate him in PvP maybe like a six to seven out of ten. If people really start to figure out how to play him, he could easily go up to a nine or even ten. And for PvP, maybe a 
3.5 time scores is toasty for me. I haven't played him enough to rate him, so I'm going to pass. I'd right. give him a like a 3 out of 10 for PvE and probably a 6 for PvP. Alright. I think he's so... more viable in PvP because you're guaranteed to at least have two towels on a PvP map. And the treasure chest on the one map. Yeah, and then you yes. have treasure chest and four towers on the other PvP map. Okay, now let's move on to the beast faction with the first leader. Okay, so <laughs> Charla. Maybe I can I can start off uh, because I've played her quite a bit. I actually reached 1,000 PvP wins yesterday um, with three weeks of beta access. Now, not all of those 1,000 wins were on Charla, but like 850 or so were. Um, she comes with two talents, and the two talents really define how to play her. Like the unbound talent. Um, it's really good when you set up a push, and before the push reaches the tower, you don't even have to set up a push. You can just send harpies or something, like a quick high damage unit. And when it reaches the tower, you can place Charla next to the tower. It disables the tower and you kill it really quick. And the other talent is where you root three targets at once and deal less damage. So this is really good defend for defending big pushes. Um, I always place Charla in tower range. Um, or like I place her so that she roots the opponent targets within range of my tower. So they get the Charla damage and the tower damage. And that for PvE, that's often enough. Um, for reference, you can watch the YouTube video where I um, demonstrate the root talent on the Devil Saw Queen mission. Yeah, I have my I have had my success with her in both PvE and PvP. I feel like she's for two gold a well-rounded hero. Um, but the the bombard Vela slot really is hard to use. Yeah. Okay, so that's that's my opinion. Do you guys have any? I think she's... I've played her in PvP um, a little bit. Definitely not as much as you. I only have the Route 3 um, talent. And that can be quite strong, especially if you get like three big tanks, like say Core Hound, two, the two Core Hounds, which drop in a squad of two, and another like larger tank. Um... You can basically create a wall of tanks, the enemy tanks stopped, and then the range units just sort of pile up behind them. And then once they're bunched up, you can use a AoE um, mini to just nuke the whole group of them down. But I have yeah. played against her in PvP where they had the unbound talent, and she'll just pop up at your tower in them like in the back line and she'll just solo it if you don't counter it yeah i pretty much feel the same way i haven't played her as much but she was one of the first leaders that i really searched for to try to get um i've had a little i've not as much success in pvp just because i try to use her without the talents early on but definitely very nice um i'm sorry other way around pvp added kind of bad with pve was nice just because you know the fact that you can root units and just turn off towers especially early on makes it very convenient i wouldn't dare to 
even compete with Toasty's knowledge on, on this leader, but uh, I think obviously it's very strong. And uh, if the leaders were converted to regular units in the future for some reason, I think Chalga would be the one I would be using in my deck as a regular unit. In terms of Valor uh, slots, it's incredible. It's got ranged bombard, unbound potential, elemental. It's ridiculous. You could fit her pretty much any deck easily. Uh, super low cost for what it offers. Uh, it's, it forces the, the enemy to be using uh, resources to get rid of her quickly. And as uh, Gora said, it can completely uh, stall a melee focused uh, deck. Uh, I think she's incredible for PvP. And uh, if I would like to give my scores already, I, I give a 9 out of 10 for PvP for Chalga because I know that a skilled player will be an absolute nightmare using Chalga. And for PvE, I'll give it a solid 7.5 out of 10. Yeah, I agree with Spanner on those scores. I can, I can get behind that. Yeah. You know, you know we, you, weird little sidebar, you, you know, if we ever got, you know, somehow users unit, maybe even a game mode in the future where your entire team is just based, is just leaders. That would be very, very fun. Mm. Oh, yeah, for sure, yeah. Well, with more leaders maybe, because like now everyone would play the same deck pretty much. Oh yeah, for sure, for sure, down the well, line. Yeah. Which is a fun little thought. Yeah. So, um, let's continue with Hogger. Like, Hogger is to me, the other vanilla ice cream champion because, like, he he is a dude and he smacks, and that's pretty much all he does. Yeah, Hogger. Yeah. Hogger's a funny one. I've played Hogger actually a decent amount. He's very weird. I liked him with the poison talent since poison can theoretically stack indefinitely. I think it's underrated maybe because not as many people are using it i've used it a lot I've, I've found myself using hogger a lot to push the dungeons just because of the poison talent i can get him after he's gotten a few buff ups either with the dungeon uh artifacts you can use or just you know after his fourth spawn with like a bloodlust a lot of hits and suddenly the boss's health is just melting because there's so many poison sacks he's fast he can get to where you need if you have a push way ahead. Um, I ha PvP, I've had really little success just because he's really easy to play around, especially as PvP matches usually might not last as long. But even in regular, uh, just the campaign progressing, he's you know, you know kind of like Karen. There's not really a bad matchup for him, especially if you work a little error in your team. Uh, he's you know like yeah, I can yeah I can get behind you know the vanilla thing again. He's just very another very well-rounded unit with a, you know a couple, he, a couple things he does different than Karen. Um, he's a better boss killer, not as strong as a tank, but he, they both do have the AOE hit. In terms of Hogger, and by the way, for people out there, if you want to have uh, a guide on the lore gameplay of the Beast units, there is a video on our channel about it that we posted recently. Can I ask you guys? Because if this was mentioned, I missed it. You know the Hogger 10% max health gain each time it's played. Does it have a cap or is it continuous? Four, I believe. Same yeah, I as thought the it regular was cap. Three. It's, three, it's either three or four, but this it's the one three where he spawned. for his four. later ability. Oh, did, I, did I have it backwards? 
I thought three was the leader ability, but I wasn't sure about uh, health. So while while uh, while Gora is double checking that information, my uh, experience is very limited with Hogger. I'll be honest, I didn't like it. It's it's really hard to become very optimal at it. It requires a lot of practice, which a lot of time which I didn't have yet. So I will not go too deep on comments on Hogger because it will be unfair. I don't have the experience to comment. Okay. Fun, fun wise, lots of potential. Uh, practicality, for me so far, I would, will not use this leader. It would be not my choice at the moment. All right. I'm also not giving any any rating because I have not really had much experience with him or against him. Oh. Yeah, I would yeah. I would give him in PvP I'd give him maybe just a two or three. He's just way too easy to work around for a player. But for PvE itself, I would honestly give him like a seven or eight. He's just very, very strong in PvE, especially with the poison talent. Even in, in honestly in dungeons, I might even rate him like one point higher just because he can be really abused. Yeah, I can see like the spoiled meat talent on him with the poison. And if once you've played him three times, you're getting what is it? You're thirty-five percent each time, so you're hundred and five percent more at movement speed and attack speed. That poison will stack up really fast. And then if you yes. can somehow bloodlust him as well, that's going to be a lot of poison damage, which should be great for taking down bosses. Especially when you know there's some things that let you just you get even add more the more attack speed or more levels to him in the uh, in the dungeons. Yeah. And then maybe if you even get the dungeon, um, like relic buff, we your poisons do a lot more damage. That would be crazy to do a hog that, run. Yeah, that as well. And I actually did verse a person running a hogger build in PvP, and he went for the ham hog, so you get ten percent more max health each time he's played. And it just ended up being like this super fast tanky unit just charging down the offlane which he had to counter with either a good high like a tank unit with some good dps to counter him or like an air unit but he would just run so fast that the air unit could be left behind if you didn't deploy him at your base and by that time if he's on your barracks he does can get quite a bit of damage out so that was more annoying to play against in that way um, so Hogger, I'll give currently um, with my limited experience. I think you'd probably be about a six for both PvP and PVE, but that could go up or down depending on getting the talents and like working around his playstyle. So probably the poison in PvP, or sorry PVE, and then the max health for PvP would work quite well. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So then we can move on to General Drakaseth the second best leader the best um, blackrock leader the thank Black, you blackrock faction <laughs> blackrock we'll, we'll see about that <laughs> blackrock i i personally i played it i played him to some extent because um gora you played him yeah but he's I, my main I really yeah yeah that's why i just want want to like uh let, let you talk about him a little bit i personally can say that i didn't like him a lot because when you he costs I believe five gold and when you yep. drop him alone, he can really be played around quite easily. So you have to have some backup with him, and yeah, and because and when you play him and some backup with him, 
it's gone it's going to be really expensive and i don't like putting spending all my money at once but yeah gora you can you can uh, share your impressions so general drac is probably in the mid-range for overall for like tankiness he's not the best for any stretch of the imagination but he's not the worst but what he lacks in tankiness he definitely makes up for in damage he hits like insanely hard with his melee attack um so it's just a single target heavy hitting melee attack um he's great to play behind uh, another tank so he can get a lot of damage out before he gets targeted uh he does have two talents um i normally run with the talent which provides resistant buff to all nearby minis that is really strong for countering spell builds or just like spells in general um so pve the ai will either get blizzard sometimes polymorph i believe which doesn't really help um uh, living bomb living bomb that's the one what's the other damaging talent there's like the lightning one they get as well but yeah blizzard it works really well against countering that so a lot of units that would normally die in blizzard won't because they have the resistance trait pvp he's probably not he's definitely not the best leader because of the high gold cost and you can sort of run like holy nova with the resistant armor talent to gain the same counter spell effect but if you get drac onto like an enemy tower or the enemy barracks he will chunk that health down quite fast pve um i've pretty much run he's been my main leader pretty much he's been the first clear of pretty much every single campaign mission all the way through he also provides a 50 percent damage increase to all elemental damage minis around him so you can pair him with like uh, flame waker uh, fire hammer to really burn through enemy towers and bosses so my latest sort of build is fire hammer with Drac, but dropping both of them is like nine gold, which is a big investment. So sometimes it backfires really hard on you where the enemy will drop something that counters that. Like Flame Waker will counter that because the Flame Waker will still kill your Fire Hammer before you kill the Flame Waker in a lot of cases. So you kind of need like the Shaman to heal the Fire Hammer up. But that's a 13 gold cost so but yeah overall he's worked quite well keeping him alive is probably something you want to do so running the shaman healer with him um to try and get him onto his target then he can burn through that target if he gets onto the target he burns through quickly but he's probably better in pve than pvp pvp is a bit easier to play around i think like it was been said before Gore, when you play the build with Drag, do you use other tank in the deck or do you consider Drag the tank in your deck? Uh, no, Drag is like an off off tank for sure. Okay. So uh, I normally, I've been running Core Hounds as my primary tank. I've just picked up Abomination with the stun talent, which is quite interesting. I'll talk about him more later with the Tyrion when we get to him. Um, and I also just picked up the Molten Giant with the taunt talent that could be quite good because the taunt 
Molten Giant will then taunt all enemies to him, which will take the pressure off Drac, which could be quite fun. Okay. I haven't been play played much with it. As you could see the, by the fact that I wasn't even sure about the gold cost, play it. I, I'm going to be honest, uh, this conversation that go ahead, I never really paid too much attention with Drac, but I'm very intrigued with the, with the elemental usage in the talents and, and the leader ability. And I actually think today I'm going to give it a go and, and see what, what I can do with, with, uh, with this leader. Yeah, I mean, he pretty much hit on every point that I think I could have said I've He's probably my third most played. Um, I, he's very, like I said, very nice. I've even in some games, I'll drop him just because I know he can take on a tower just by himself because he just hits so hard. Um, yeah, he can do that as well. And just pairing him, you know, like you said, with some elemental damage is just disgustingly strong. But yeah, there's nothing really else you add. You, you kind of just nailed it perfectly. I mean, I could probably, for PvP, like you said, he's pretty easy to play around. I'd maybe give him a four or five. In PvE though, he's just so usable. I would, I'd give it a seven or eight. Yeah, I agree with that. All right, we can go on to the best, second best, best, second leader of the Blackrock faction, which is Rend. Now here's the thing: both of the community PvP tournament finalists played Rend, and now I feel like. This already says a lot. With the with the right talent, like the uh, not not the legionnaire talent, but the other one where he gets resistance while he's on the drake and armored while he's dismounted, there's really no hard counter, I believe, because you you can counter the drake like with uh, murlocs, for example, with the range talent, they will kill the drake. Um, but then rent is completely going to completely destroy them. And not even the blizzard will dismount him when when uh, the drake has the resistance. So I feel like you really have to invest a lot to deal with Rend alone, which makes him, in my opinion, really strong. Maybe even a little too strong. So what 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 is your opinion? Uh, also, Rend when he drops dismounts, he has a charge talent or charge ability like the Stonehof Tauren as well. Just to add a little bit more spice into him. I think you summed him up pretty well. He is quite strong. Um, so he's a six gold cost unit. But he rides a drake. Which I think has the same stats I believe as a normal drake. Which costs four gold. So if you take that then you're looking at Rend. He has two gold cost. And he's basically equivalent to like the Stonehoof Tauren. He in also reduces ways. cost of flying units, so you kind of have to factor that in if you're dropping yeah, that's, a couple units. That's then on top of that, so all flying troops, when Rend is on the field in some, either on his Drake or on foot, all other flying troops cost one less gold, which is quite strong as anything that reduces gold in the game is probably the most critical factor. So, for example, you can run Harpies with the Mining Trait. So, with the Mining Trait, Harpies cost four gold. But with Rend in the play, he drops them back to three gold cost. And if they mine a full gold node, all of a sudden the harpies are come down to a zero gold cost essentially. So for like that aspect of play, um, he is really strong. And I believe both finalists also played harpies um, in their builds. And one had the mining trait. Rend, so my PvP experiences, I think the leader I play the most against, I think is Rend. 
I actually don't think he's uh, the, even with scale and steel. I don't know if it's because of the build I'm using, but he still looks kind of squishy, in my opinion. Once he dismounts, it usually doesn't last long. But um, obviously, for everything that was said, it is a very, very strong leader for PvP with the gold costs. And by the fact that you need to have different, different sources of damage in your deck to make him squishy. Because in some situations, he might be stronger if you don't have the the right uh, damage profile to deal with the Drake and, and Rand. But do you guys actually think that Scaling Steel is stronger than Legionnaire? Is that the talent you would use? Definitely. And uh, I'm pretty sure Fieldsy and Rook, the two finalists, agree with that as well from when I was speaking with them. Um, okay. So, yeah, the Legionnaire talent was changed. Um, so it did. Legionnaire used to cast Living Bomb around on Dismount. And Living Bomb is a 5 gold cost talent, so you can see all of a sudden there's like, essentially, kind of like, so if you got 4 gold for the Drake, 4 gold for Rand, equivalents to Drake and Stone of Tauron, and then you're adding 5 gold value on top of that, you know, that's a lot. But they changed it so when he dismounts, so if he, Rand will dismount first taking damage, and his Drake continues flying and fighting. The problem I have with this talent is that the Drake, if Rend comes up to a tower, he gets shot once, he dismounts. The Drake will continue taking damage from the tower and Rend won't. I would like the Rend to have like a taunt when he drops down. I feel like that would make it a lot better, but might make it a bit broken. Because then the dragon would be essentially a free drake following him around. Okay, okay, that makes sense. Really played him enough. I know I just lost to him a bunch, um, so I'll probably not give a score on this one. I'm just shocked that Gora is even trying to suggest talents to make to make him even better. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I know. It's good, isn't it? Just, let, let, let's just move on. Hey, we're gonna have one the one with the one broken leader. I'm I'm not angry, Gora. I'm just disappointed. <laughs> one thing with Rand is, I think, I don't know, but I think Rand is probably one of the leaders that has the closest score in between PV and PVP. Like, he's kind of really strong on both facets of the game, from from my point of view. Yeah, not too sure about PVE, but if he if he's as strong in PVE. As he is in PvP, then, geez, Louise. I don't, I don't see a reason Good. why he wouldn't be as strong in PvE. Is okay. So eight to nine out of ten, maybe for both. Is that, is that a fair score? I think Gora probably is the most expert here for sure on rent. Sorry, what was, a... what was the score? Um... I, I said eight, eight to nine out of ten for both. Yeah, I, I, I would personally, from my experience, I didn't have much luck with him. But then watching like Fields and Rook play with him, I was like, oh, okay, you know, like they had a different mini lineup and made him work a lot better. And plus, the scale and steel talent, I think, sort of elevates him to the next level. Yeah, so give him a solid eight all round for PVE mm. and PVP, maybe all slightly right. higher. I, I played J9 PVE. I, wanted and in pvp i wanted to make her my main leader and then i messed up with the vela slots and now it's basically unplayable so now i benched her which is really sad overall she felt 
quite decent. Um, I mean, it, it's a it, it's like you have to like the playstyle. I feel like if you don't like playing with spells, it's just just another ranged ranged magical damage mini. You could also play Pyromancer maybe for the same cost. But if you really want to leverage the, the spells, she can be quite strong. Um, what I haven't figured out is if the if you have multiple Jainas, if the trade stacks. Does anyone know that? No, it doesn't. That would be ridiculous. Oh. It's a it's Yeah, it would be. One Jaina increases your played spells uh by three levels. So um like Gino is now maining Jaina and he's got a quite a interesting and well-rounded um, build and he runs uh, execute and blizzard so if you play Jane onto the field and then you execute and then blizzard a enemy tower in PvP it will kill the tower mm. like execute does something about 70% of the towers health now that's just the tower not the barracks um, so you can't two-shot the barracks so don't worry about that but it's very effective of taking a tower if you save up a little bit of gold and just you know taking a tower in the offlane where there's no units at all 10 gold right jaina plus blizzard plus execute yeah plus cheat death is really you can play jaina and then play execute and blizzard on top of an enemy tower when the enemy's minis are walking through that so what you can do is you can play jaina and then wait for the enemy minis to be deployed at the front tower or walking through the tower if they're trying to like stack minis up from their barracks and give them more time to get more gold and you can just execute and then blizzard on top of the tower so you're pretty much guaranteed to kill those minis for sure and then take the tower as well all right seems seems decent yeah um, i think um i've got the blink talent on jaina that does increase her survivability by quite a lot so if someone's having trouble with trying to keep Jaina alive um yeah the blink talent's really nice the other talent reduces your next mini played if a spell by one gold which um is quite nice as well as saving gold is always a good way to get ahead in pvp yeah i mean i feel like Jaina's not supposed to even die or like even use the blink talent because you always if you play her to defend, you place her always like far in the back so that she's never going to get hit by anything. Or if you just want to use your spells, you place her under your barracks so that she has the longest way on the map. And then while she's walking, you use your spells. And then when she walks into the enemy, then she just dies. The blink just comes in handy. Like she might survive like another three seconds or even 10 seconds. Yeah. Or she might live long enough that you can deploy uh, like an unbound mini to distract whatever's attacking her to keep her alive to keep the spell buff active talents I think on Jaina and they both take her to the next level okay so in terms of rating I probably uh, she's pretty good all around I think for PvP and PvE I'd probably give her a 7 to 8 for both to be honest but you gotta like her playstyle she is definitely a squishy leader yeah. to play um, but when played right with a good build around her she is very strong with like two spells in her arsenal but yeah, she's gonna... definitely a change to say like playing drac for me that was quite shocking how quick she can die <laughs> yeah yeah so place her um a bit under blood mage thanos 
think we gave him an 7 or 8 out of 10, so I would place her on a maybe, yeah, 6.5 to 7 out of 10 for both PvE and PvP. Yeah, I mean, so solid, solid champion for um, for both playstyles, uh, for both um, types of content. But yeah, there are better options, in my opinion. Yeah, I was gonna say, I think Jaina might be one of the leaders that the player skill makes the most difference between what you achieve with i think i think a bad player and a good player it will be very very noticeable with jaina uh, compared to to other leaders yeah i agree with that one spanner she's definitely a high skill cap leader to play with all right so moving on to mayev now mayev is i feel like mayev with, with mayev it's the same as, uh, as with uh, sneed i see her mainly as a pvp leader because her playstyle like dropping a lot of unbound minis i'm not an expert but i don't really see it working all that well in pve i mean maybe in some missions but certainly not in in the majority so yeah mainly a pvp leader i feel like yeah i would agree with that it seems like a lot of um bosses have aoe attacks in pve so you can't just like unbound spam because a lot of the unbounds are quite squishy in some way. Like, you know, there's a few tank unbounds, but most of the others are squads and they're pretty all squishy. So they just all get annihilated in one hit or two hits. Yeah, I definitely think that she's just maybe even when she was designed to be more of a PvP menace than maybe a niche in a couple PvE matches, maybe way down the line at some point, but mainly she's just a menace in pvp if you're not ready to handle the unbound spam yeah exactly i can corroborate that i think maeve is the kind of leader that you can use on launch to predate on the new players that don't expect and don't know how to deal with those unbound pushes it will give you very quick pv wins and losses i i don't see a lot of appeal right now to to play maeve especially you are investing in her and then the PvE usage is so limited, at least currently. I personally don't want to have much to do with this leader, but I understand it can be fun if uh, they develop the, the game towards that. Uh, I don't... I don't even play Maeve. I don't, I don't see much... I could see Maeve becoming um, like stronger in PvE if they add in like a co-op mode of some kind. So one person goes tanky frontline, and then the other person goes with Ma Maev. I think it is. Yeah, Maev. So once the enemy's engaged, you can just drop some unbound units in the back line and just wreck havoc on them and create like a ha hammer and anvil battle situation. This is a, a very good point, Gora. It, I didn't even think about it. Because for co-op, uh, Maev has got so much more value if you think about it so much um, harder to counter like that so now yeah, i can see you the can potential run. yeah so um for those that don't know every time you play a unbound unit it reduces my cost from six gold by one gold each unbound unit um, played so if you play uh five unbounds her gold cost will re reduce down to one gold and stay there um so that's sort of the playstyle behind her is to run a few unbound minis in your um, loadout to reduce the gold cost of your leader. 
exactly. And if you play co-op, I didn't even think about it. Uh, you can use the smoke bomb uh, uh, talent to to help your teammate uh, push. It, it's yeah, it's uh, actually there's a lot of potential there in co-op for sure. All right. Do you want to assign a rating to Mayev? Yeah, I'll give her a f like a three or four in PVE and probably like a seven to eight in PVP. I would even go higher in PVP. Um, really, Mayev is one of the one of the leaders I had my most the most struggle to deal with, especially with a with a player that only remotely knows what to do. So I would probably assign her a eight point five to nine out of ten. Give it a two for PvE and probably a seven for PvP. Yeah, I was like, yeah, no, that's that's a pretty much fair rating, especially I think in the start. Honestly, if for especially new players who aren't going to be ready for unbound spam, she could probably be a ten in PvP just because they won't realize. Oh, I looked away from my base for two seconds. There's ten things on it and it's dead. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that. <laughs> uh, fair enough. So that brings us to our last uh, leader being. That one paladin guy from the Warcraft universe, which is not Uther. Obviously, I'm talking about Tyrion, the Ashbringer. Now, I believe Spanner, you have the most experience with him, right? Like in in this. I think all I think all the four of us know Tyrion pretty well. But if there's any leader here that I can be have some sort of qualification to talk about, it would be Tyrion. Tyrion is incredibly strong. In uh, is up there with Rand in terms of overall score utility it has the incredible tankiness for the cost uh, especially with the shield absorb talent paired with units like core hounds it's and it's so so strong i highly advise everyone out there that has access to the game or will have to give it a go with Tyrion. but um don't get don't do the same mistake as me don't get too attached to it and also uh, experience uh, with other units because even today I, uh, by listening to, to the other podcast members talking, I really felt that I could have used some more of my time to explore other leaders. I won't go much into it, but I, um, I just think Tyrion is the kind of leader that you could uh, down Oni at a relatively low level with him if you know what you're doing and if you invest your time leveling the right units. Yeah, I don't want to talk much more about it to give the chance to, to other people, but I, it's it's definitely my favorite leader at the moment. He's probably my most least played alliance leader, but I, I you pretty much nailed it. He's just he's just very very strong. I think he's pro. I kind of ended up leveling the leaders kind of all around the same time, like level wise. So, but he kind of got the least. The alliance was on the bottom, and he was on the top of the bottom. But yeah, no. Even going back revisiting old levels, clearing some stuff out, it's kind of brainless how just strong he truly is for PVE. Yeah, Tyrion. I think I'm still not certain, but I think he might be become my main, either in beta or on release. As I said before, I've unlocked Abomination with the stun talent. So funny thing, it doesn't seem to have an internal cooldown. Um, it's just based on the Abomination's health level. So on deploy, he stuns baseline, and then the talent, he stuns at 50% of health and at, when he dies. So I'm running him in my Tyrion build and with the Shaman. So the idea is that Tyrion and the Shaman will heal the Abomination um, and then when the Abomination takes damage to 50% health he stuns um, 
pretty much every mini in melee range uh, for five seconds, which gives then Tyrion and the Shaman enough time to then heal the Abomination back up past 50% health. For then he takes damage and the stun will activate again. So that seems to be really strong. Yeah, this sounds disgusting. Do you know if that works or is it just an idea? No, that worked. I tested it today. I got the talent mm. like this morning for the Abomination. Cool. So That seems like a bug, but I want it to stay because that is hilariously strong. You, yeah, you, it's, you definitely I need don't to think it will work in PvP. Something. I've got to try it in PvP, but you yeah, know, there's the whole Arcane something. Blast, Arcane Power spam going on. But that might be a counter because the Abomination's health is so high. Like for a tank, it's I think he's the tankiest tank. He just doesn't come with the armor or resistant trait. He has the highest um, life total, yeah. I think. Um, but right. we you can think... get him the armored trait with the Shaman talent, which makes yeah. him really tanky against physical damage. Um, and then the other one I've just started trying out with Tyrion is the Molten Giant with the Taunt Talent. So even if you play Tyrion first and he has his bubble, that will stop him from dying in most cases, which allows you time to then get the Molten Giant out. And will the Molten Giant, once he gets to the front line, will take aggro off Tyrion. So both of these ideas seem really weak to a single Banshee. Yes, totally. Yeah, but not many people are, are running ban Banshee, so it could work, at least and for, for some time. With Tyrion, the other tank unit I run is Footman, with the 30% extra health. Oh yeah, yeah, I faced that. Yeah, so of times. the Footman have a talent where it increases their max health by 30%, but it's like unhealed health, or like it's health that isn't like, so they'll spawn in at 70% health instead of 100 so you need a healer to then heal them up. And Tyrion is very, like, does an AoE heal. So he can heal all four footmen at once. So I think it's only, and it's two heals to get them up to 100% health. That's the build that you would go to counter a Banshee. Because then it's only one out of four footmen being converted. Quick opinion on Tyrion. Dude looks cool. Heal is OP. Divine shield is a joke. Feels mildly infuriating. Oh, who am I kidding? It feels incredibly infuriating. It's like a five uh, second cheat death. Yeah, the score is a five out of seven. Perfect. R ranking so, for Tyrion? Yeah, I feel like no one understood that five out of seven I, reference. I, I understood it, I'm just not giving you the the response you're looking for. Like The audacity befalls you. <laughs> I can't believe you've done this. I okay. didn't get it. I didn't get it. No, that's, 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 that's fine. That's fine. I'll admit. <laughs> I didn't that's, get it either. It's, I got it. it I it, just it's ugh. based on a yeah. It, it's based on I think Facebook discussion of two people, and or, or not, not really a discussion. One dude posted, uh, "Yeah, I just saw the Dark Knight in the cinema. Perfect movie. Uh, I give it a five out of seven rating." And then there was one dude. Um, who tried to explain that it's a weird scale and that five out of seven is not a perfect score. And the other dude just completely didn't understand it. And so that kind of went viral. And now five out of seven is the synonym for a perfect score. It, yes. Uh, the, 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 the archaeology, whatever the 
more correct word is. It goes back farther than that. Just it was some dumb Facebook post about the original rating he made for the Fight Club movie, and it just it was like, oh, a Fight know, Club movie. movie. I thought yeah. it was Batman. No, it was it was Fight Club. It's just one of those dumb oh, yeah. memes and dumb pictures that just go viral, and then people just yeah. run with it for some god awful I, reason. I just love it. Oh, that's exactly my humor. But in terms yes. of in terms of uh, ranking, I I know I'm a bit biased, but I actually will give a nine out of ten for Tyrion for both PvE and PvP. I haven't uh, played him enough, so I'll I'll skip the rating on this one. I'll give so what so um the other thing with Tyrion is he is only one of two healers in the game. So there's Tyrion, which is a leader, and then there's the Shaman, which is just a normal mini you can fit into any build. I would so, throw Holy Nova in there as well. Oh yeah, there's Holy Nova, I guess, but and that's the spell. May, uh, may I ask something? Doesn't the Mountaineer don't they heal each other? The bear and the no, I think only the Mountaineer heals the bear. Bear. Yeah, but right. he can't. Else, he can't heal anyone else. Yeah. Okay. Also, so, if you want like cheat death with the talent heals and Baron Riven, there heals himself. So there's a lot of other heal effects, but not really a. To the extent reliable, yeah, reliable continued heal on another mini. Yeah, and Tyrion can also heal more minis than the Shaman can because the chain heal from the Shaman only hits three, where Tyrion can hit multiple as long as they're grouped up enough. Well, like four footmen plus whatever else himself in there, and you know maybe a few other tanks if they're all really squished up and bunched up. Um, so my score for Tyrion. PvE will be a 9, and PvP is probably like a 7. To sum this up, um, I think the best overall picks are then, like for PvP and for PvE, I think we can agree on Tyrion, uh, Rand, maybe Charla. Maybe, yeah, maybe even Charlnos. Yeah, I was just scrolling through them, and definitely, I think Rand came out on top. I think. On yeah. Yeah. Closely yeah, followed. Yeah. Closely well, for each faction, <laughs> we could do it by faction. So for um, Alliance, Tyrion, and then Blackrock is Rand. Uh, Beast is Charla, unless you like tanky leaders, then it'll be Hogger. And uh, Undead will be. Thalnos, and then uh, Horde. It's either between Hellscream or Bloodhoof, I reckon. Yeah, probably, probably the Cairn. Yeah, I feel Gromash needs too much build around. Yeah. But I'm... Strong, strongest faction overall, it looks like probably Blackrock, I would say. Like in terms of combined leaders. I would even say Alliance. That's Yeah, Alliance is pretty well-rounded. Like Alliance has because... a very unique leader for, it, for all of them. <laughs> It's yeah, just because Tyrion's my F, my F brings good. it a bit down, isn't it? My F brings oh, I feel like a bit I feel down, like Jaina brings it a bit down, but my F is yeah. so incredibly strong in PvP. Jaina is like decent overall, and Tyrion is just bonkers in PvP, especially. I reckon mm -hmm. that's fair. Yeah. That's... All right, so this rounds up our leader discussion. I hope we could bring a little bit of our insight to you and help you with your. Um, choice once uh, the game uh, launches yeah now we we move on to the next part which is the announcement of the poem contest now the um, prisoners of war guild 
there was a contest for the month of July where we asked our members to write a poem which had should have anything to do with Arclight Rumble or basically the Warcraft universe. And I had a lot of fun reading through all of the submissions. A lot of positive vibes, a lot of positivity. I really liked it. And now Spanner will do us the honor of reading the winning poem. Please go ahead. All right, before, are we going to put the uh, mature content warning in? <laughs> and I can do it. I can do it. So this poem comes with the content warning, explicit material. It is called Need for Sneed. Signing into Rumble to collect my daily drop. 20 coins is nothing, but it will add up to a lot. Can't wait to play tomorrow. It might be the day that Sneed is in the store, my one and only bay. Tomorrow has come and have so have I. For Sneed is in the store, I have to buy. I kiss my screen and jump with joy. For life is complete with my brand new toy. I wait for six gold and drop down my Sneed. Shaking in anticipation, bounding with glee. Sneed walks over to the big scary tower. It's getting quite hot. I need a cold shower. His big metal feet and long green nose giving me butterflies and feelings below. I'm shaking right now and really have to pee. I can't believe what Sneed is doing to me. His beautiful green skin and loving yellow eyes are causing one's liquids to drip down my thighs. I get to one knee. I'm ready to propose. For Sneed is my jug and I am his rose. Nice, nice. Well done. I'm lucky I muted myself there. <laughs> I was laughing. At the I, I also had to mute myself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That, that um, liquid thing just killed me, man. <laughs> yeah. 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 So now uh, this poem was submitted by Horrid. So, Horrid, if you are listening to this, thanks for the submission. Really, it, it's, I had a lot of fun reading it. Uh, I really, I really love it. Um, congratulations to winning the poem contest. All right. I okay. Mean, this um, is, so is the most passionate reaction I ever observed to a leader to have fluids dripping. That it was crazy. Like, I, I, I mean, thought it was the most. You, you said that yeah. it was the most passionate reaction to a poem you've ever read. <laughs> it was. It was incredible. I mean, we we say about Germany that it's it's the. It's the country of poets. R really, really nothing compared to this masterpiece. <laughs> I thought you were the country of German engineering. Yeah, but that's now. But like two, three hundred years ago, the, the, the country of thinkers and poets. So at least that's what we call ourselves. So <laughs> that's it for the, for the um, poem contest. I can... Okay, now I can disclose the answer. Tricky question of uh, last week's episode. Now the question was... What Arclight Rumble Mini has the German word Gaia, and that is the Vulture. Wow. So okay. congrats to everyone who figured that out. Trixie has the next tricky question of the week for us. And for this week's tricky questions, we're going to go into the Arclight universe. 
for anyone who's seen videos who are, have played, every unit has a pretty unique model and pretty easy to see from a distance. You can tell exactly who it is. But there are two units that actually share a very same similar model. What two units share the exact same model? So this concludes our episode for the day and for the week. Now, this is a special episode for me because it's the last episode before I leave for Canada for my semester abroad there. I am not sure right now how often I can I can participate in the podcast since I will not have my equipment with me. We'll just be there with my laptop. But yeah, we will we will figure that out. It's not going to take too long. I will be back eventually. Yeah, thank you guys for doing this today with me thanks to spanner trixie and gora for joining me yeah was a was a lot of fun yeah it was, it was really nice to be back this week you know and then obviously you're gonna have to welcome you to this side of the pond for your uh, brief stint try not to fight too many moose up there oh you can you can tell me what to do i'm gonna drink pure maple syrup you, start you, playing ice hockey and, and take diabetes from drinking too much maple syrup to, uh, I, i'm gonna get diabetes you say yeah, he's, he's just leaving off maple syrup. You'll get addicted to it. Yeah, I mean, then I'm just going to have the best of both worlds for Canada and the United States. And then when you go back home, you'll have to import pure Canadian maple syrup and, you know, you'll be spending no, I, I money will, on the imports. I will, be the, I will be the import. My body will consist of maple syrup. Hell of a cavity check. From my view, uh, first of all, I want to say that we're going to miss Toasty uh, while he's away and we hope he come back soon. He is very important for our podcast, our channel. Also say hi to Snap and hopefully we'll have him next week and congratulations for Snap for his amazing progress so far in beta and also uh, congratulations to Gora for achieving 65 skulls yesterday. Uh, hello to Chab. Hopefully, uh, we might have you as well uh, stepping in for t Toasty. I want to say hello to the rest of the guild and I want to say thank you to everyone that keeps the community active and then supports our content and our channel. And I wish you guys all the best and see you again next Saturday. Thanks again, everyone, for tuning in. And hopefully, this episode was informative on the leaders and helping you choose your leaders when you start in war all right i think and then that will be the wrapped up end of our podcast today um it's been great and i hope you all have a really good weekend all right uh, thanks for listening and see you soon bye created on the 8th of may 2022 the guild prisoners of war is a force in the arc like rumble community we have a solid structure in place, with the roles of chieftains, taskmasters, elders, and wolf riders. Our discord is always active and our members are friendly, competitive, and knowledgeable. We will always challenge ourselves to compete in all content types in the game. If you think you got what it takes to be one of us, apply to our guild today. All the information you need is available in this episode or in the general podcast descriptions. We are looking forward to having you with us on the battlefield.